Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast, mainly because nobody else is dumb enough to undertake such a task of watching a thousand Detective Conan episodes, but we are. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and I am joined by the lovely Colleen. How are you today, Colleen? Hello. I'm doing great. Uh, basically, just, you know, you just m- made me feel real uh, special by calling me kind of dumb but i mean uh when did i call you dumb what are you talking about (laughs) well weren't you just saying that nobody's dumb enough to watch all these episodes okay yeah yeah you're right i mean we're in it together at least i'm also dumb oh for sure like i i'm not taking it as a negative thing necessarily it's just it's one of the only times where being called dumb could be uh, a compliment at least in my eyes so we've got a two-part episode here, which is the cooking classroom murder case. But before we get into this, Colleen, have you ever taken any cooking classes? You know what? I, I knew you were going to ask me this question because I, I tend to try and guess what you're going to ask me during these podcasts and whether I can come up Did with Did you a... predict me asking you about the Littlest <laughs> Tobo last week? That I didn't. No, that was that was a curveball that you threw me there. Uh, but the cooking classroom murder case kind of gave off the logical, you know, interview question, if you will. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have a very interesting response because I've never taken a cooking class. Darn, that's uh, not quite the interesting... <laughs> Uh, answer I was looking for. I mean, I could have made something up, but I don't think I... At the time, I thought about it, and it just never happened. So I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry, listeners, for being so boring. Well, what's your... Do you like French cuisine? How about that? Sure. Um, I I practically eat anything, so... um, Yep, French is good. Do you like French cuisine? Like, isn't it just bread? Isn't it just, like, baguettes? Like, what else is French cuisine? Well, they like their cheese, their fromage. Okay. It's not French fries, if that's what you're wondering. Huh. So, what about cheesy French fries, though? Like, (laughs) French fries de fromage. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, I think that'd be a hard sell (laughs) for... Because I'm down for some cheese fries, you know, I'll say that much. Sure, sure. I don't know, it, that's more of a North American thing, maybe. Uh, but yeah. The- Why, you've never had cheese fries? Uh, I Never dipped some have. French fries and some cheddar cheese, girl? I don't know. I, I guess it wasn't <laughs> Crazy. a memorable experience for me. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Learning a lot about you today. Yeah, I, uh, I'm being mean to the cheese. Sorry, cheese. Poor cheese. Uh, so, we're, we're at episode 110 of the series. This originally aired July 27th, 1998. Uh, did you have any anticipation for this two-parter? Yeah, I was expecting Conan to get it all solved, and he did. As per usual... Why, did you okay. have high hopes? So, <laughs> well, I thought maybe you had, like, you were looking forward to the episode and said you were like, oh, I guess that Conan would solve it, and he <laughs> did, so yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I I was looking forward to it uh, based on um, the the murder method, if you will. I thought I, so in watching the preview and seeing kind of the dot on the woman's back, I was like, oh, I remember this one. This was a good case. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, this is not the case I thought of. Obviously, there's another case that has something to do with a dot that I mistook for this case. Um, So my initial thoughts about it, I think, changed like very quickly as I was watching. So I was kind of left being like, okay, I'm not sure where this is going to go, but I'm down to watching. Well, I'm glad you are down to watch, because this podcast would be in a lot of trouble if you weren't. Yeah, I I have thought of that before. Like, what if I watch the wrong episode one time, and then we just have to talk about 
Like you, you would be able to talk about the episode, but I, I don't know if I would be able to say much. So the uh, Conan's hint here is ice going into this episode. Conan says, today's stage is a cooking classroom. The case weaves into the story. Did it weave into the story? Um, I don't even know what he means by that. Like, doesn't that happen every time? <laughs> yeah, I'm really unsure what Conan was trying to convey right there. It's a very confusing sentence. Well, you are the writer, so you would know. Ah, yes. The great writer. Uh, so the episode begins with Ron telling Kegro about a cooking class that Yamori Michi is holding at her house. She specializes in French cuisine, and Ron was invited by Sonico to go with her to the Sunday class, which happens from 6.30pm to 9.30. Kegro initially objects to her being out that late, but Conan convinces him by saying that they could all go together and eat tasty French food. So, the way to a man's heart... It's through their stomach, Colleen. What? Really? I've never heard that before. I just came up with it. I'm a writer. Oh, that's right. Um, so I think uh, there's real potential for that line, Tyler. Don't don't forget it. A few days later on their way to the house, Ron informs her father that Sonica couldn't make it. Okay, how disappointed were you that Sonica wasn't in this episode? Oh, I was defeated i was like so <laughs> excited for sonica to be there like she's one of my favorite characters always happy to see sonica and then they just pull the rug out from under me and i was like god oh, damn it because i thought we were going to get one of those fun cases where conan has to use sonica and once i saw that kogura was coming along i was like oh this will be interesting seeing those two interact and then i didn't get any of that yeah i uh, i felt the same way uh, I actually legit thought Sonico, like there was going to be some uh, hijinks in the kitchen, Sonico's going to burn stuff, and then, yeah, potentially uh, do the deduction show, but then it, they're just sort of like, oh, no, Sonico couldn't make it after all. But she's still sort of a pivotal part of the narrative, so it's it's still kind of funny, but yeah, I missed seeing our best girl. Kegara says that he's not there to eat French food, but because he's worried about his daughter... They arrive at the house and are greeted by her assistant, a woman named Komiyama Yuko. She introduces them to one of today's students, a woman named Yashiro Kazue, who went to high school with Michi. Ron remarks at the huge oven they have, and then two people enter, a male chef named Nishitani Hiraaki, and a woman with an eye patch named Yamori Karu. Karu is asked about her eye, and says that it was nothing, just a result of some pinpricks. What the hell are pinpricks, I, I don't know... <laughs> I didn't even bother looking it up. I just sort of forgot about it. Is that a thing uh, like within the eye itself, within the eye socket? Maybe like a natural pain? I don't think they're actual objects. So a pen prick is a tiny prick or hole created by something as small as a pen. So I guess she's saying she has like a, just a sore on her eye or something. I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense to me. Yeah. Might have just been a translation error, who knows. But, uh, yeah, pinpricks, whatever the hell that is. What'd you think about this chick rocking up with a eye patch, though? Uh, yeah, she, uh, I guess she kind of looks suspicious. Like, maybe she was gonna get down to doing some, some murder. Um, I don't know, I guess, uh, because... Of the eye patch thing, like she automatically seemed a little bit more dastardly, even though the eye patch was kind of like a medical one and not like a pirate one. But uh, yeah, it, it was uh, interesting. I don't see many eye patch characters in Conan. Yeah, and she has the same last name as uh, Michi, the teacher here, and we later yes. learn that she's the daughter-in-law. At first, I wasn't sure if she was her daughter or what was going on, but daughter-in-law, it's later explained, just so everybody knows her relationship there. That's right. I don't know. I guess it was semi-important. It's funny, her husband, like the chef's son, also plays somewhat of a role in this episode, but he's never seen. Yeah, he's a real, he all ends up being a real dick. Yeah, for sure. So Kazue says that she doesn't blame Sonico for not coming as she's been scolded at every class. Kagura asks where the teacher is at and learns that she's at the hair salon. 
Come on, girl. You got a class to teach and you're getting your hair done? Jeez. <laughs> Obviously, somebody has her priorities wrong. Turns out that she's having a party to celebrate her best-selling book tomorrow. Kazue sarcastically says that it's great and that she's profiting off the ideas of others. She then reveals that a third of the recipes were actually done by her assistant, Yuko. Yuko tells Kazue not to say that and that it's not important. Every Kazue says that it should matter as Yuko worked under Michi for five years and then had her work stolen. She defends her boss, saying that the recipes were edited by her, and Hiroaki says it's between them, so Kazue should stay out of it. She then accuses Hiroaki of receiving money from Michi, and he says that has nothing to do with it. So what do you think about this drama early on? So what's your take on the whole stealing her ideas and editing the book? Do you feel uh, like the that she actually plagiarized, or was it more like what the girl was saying? Like, oh, well, I mean, they were, they were my ideas, but she was the one who put them all neatly in a book. Yeah, it sounds like it's a collaborative process, so both of them should have had credit on there. It sounds like only she took credit as the teacher, so there's definitely an issue there where both of their names should have been listed if it was a collaborative effort. Like, even though she made edits, you know, that's just part of it. She didn't come up with them whole cloth, so, you know, she definitely should have, Yuka should have had some credit there. Okay, good. You're standing up for the writers. After the tense conversation, Michi finally arrives and is greeted by everybody. She introduces herself to Ron and ignores Kogoro. She says that her shoulder hurts and asks Hiroki to massage her. Kazue then returns a blouse that Michi asked to have patched up and then complains to Ron after not getting any thanks for her work. Ron asks if Michi is ill after she tells Kairu to take her pulse, but Kazu says she's just fat and that Kairu <laughs> used to be a nurse. That's so bad. I really enjoyed this scene. It was it was funny. We kind of know right off the bat that Michi's going to get killed because everybody has beef with her. Yeah, so before she entered the scene, I wasn't sure who the victim was going to be. I thought it might be the um the the sunglass wearing woman. Uh, but as soon as the teacher showed up, I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what's happening here. We didn't really get to know her that much. We didn't get to know Michi that much. Uh, it was mainly through what other characters had to say about her. So that was an interesting plot device, if you will. I don't know. Just that we didn't really, we we only got to sort of hate her through how the other characters hated her. Like, I don't... Yeah, we yeah. just got second-hand accounts. Exactly. So, Kazue also reveals that her only son works at a trading company, and that he's spoiled beyond belief. She says that Michi is worried about her health since her husband died of an illness, and that he was a great man. She kind of, like, she gets all worked up talking about her husband. Like, it was the love of her life. Did you find that mysterious? Yeah, that was... It was super noticeable. I was like, okay, something's up... Some like this is gonna come back later in the story somehow. Like she can't just uh look off into the distance thinking about another woman's husband and expect to get away a with dead it. husband. Dead dead husband, yeah, on top of everything. After the massage, Michi goes to change her clothes, Hiroaki goes to the bathroom, and Karu fetches some aprons. So you kinda just <laughs> always thought like some bad shit's gonna happen when everybody leaves the room. I'm like all right, people are building alibis. What's going to happen here? Yeah. I also, I found Michi so unlikable just because of the whole, like, she enters the house and everyone becomes her servant all of a sudden. And I was like, what is up with this? Well, that's when you're the teacher. You can boss people around. Obviously. Remind me to never be a teacher like that then. Not that I am a teacher. Kegger is about to be a cool guy and smoke a cigarette, but he's scolded by Karu, who tells him not to smoke inside. Ron then asks where the restroom is and is told that it's outside the door to the left. There are separate bathrooms for each gender. Conan goes with Ron, who's then mistaken for Yuko, as Hiroaki apologizes for earlier. Conan then sparks Karu listening in on the conversation, so a lot of mis mystery going on here. A lot of intrigue. Mm -hmm. Yep. The episode then skips to the cooking class where they learn how to make mushroom soup, duck with orange sauce, and how to decorate western piers. Have you ever uh, 
had duck with orange sauce? Uh, no. I've had duck, but not with orange sauce. Duck à l'orange. Uh, have... Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, at first I was like, I'm surprised that you have so much French knowledge, but then I was like, oh, French-Canadian. So that makes much more sense. And you would have a passing knowledge of French. Yeah. How passing. fluent are you in French? Um, I can hold my own in a conversation, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I'm... I I wouldn't be considered French Canadian, because uh, there are some people who are like legit. That's their background, but it doesn't happen to be mine. You're not cool and from Quebec. Uh, yeah, the Qu- Quebecers are cool. Are they? Are are you being earnest right now? Or are you like, oh yeah, they're cool? <laughs> it depends. I mean, it's like anywhere. Like some people are cool, some people are not. Counting notices a big ring on Michi's fingers and says to himself that it's quite unsanitary. However, Hiroaki is also wearing a ring and kind of says that it's like teacher, like student. Kegaru remarks that he loves duck, so Michi tells Yuko to close the door so they can't see in anymore, which was really funny. <laughs> that was fantastic, and Conan just like glares at uh, Kogoro because it was basically his fault. During the meal prep, Michi compliments Ron on her knife technique. She then calls her classmate clumsy and yells at Karu for not separating the egg white and yolk correctly. She mentions that she can't see well due to the eye patch, but Michi wants no excuses. Conan and Kegura are peering in through a crack and remark that she's a rude teacher, and Conan thinks to himself that Hiroaki must be good as she hasn't said anything to him. Kegura wants to smoke, and Conan tells him that there's a back door behind the washroom. They start to go outside together, and Conan is surprised to find the door unlocked. The lights then go out. Michi tells Yuka to check the circuit breaker. However, she's stabbed in the back while the lights are out. So we have our attempted murder here, Colleen. Yeah. Uh, there's always evil afoot when the breaker goes out. It has me so paranoid. Like, if my actual breaker went out now, I'd be like, God damn it, somebody's going to murder me. <laughs> they, You're like, I've watched too much case closer Detective Conan. Someone's after me now. Yuka runs into Kogoro and Conan and asks him to use his lighter so she can see in the electrical room. They get the power back on and Kogoro notices melted ice below the circuit. Once he turns the lights on, he finds a weight and Conan says that it was set up to cut the circuit as once the ice melted, the weight would pull the switch. They head back into the kitchen and find Ron and the rest tending to Michi, who says that her chest hurts and that she's having trouble breathing. Kenan then finds the glass door open, and they say that nobody opened it. Michi says that she felt a piercing pain in her back when the lights went out, and Kenan then undoes her top, and everybody's like, whoa there, buddy. (laughs) And uh, he says that she was stung by a bee. Thankfully, he did not turn into a five-inch detective and go scaling mountains. (laughs) Nice. Nice throwback to last week. He then shows Kogoro the mark and says that it's right behind her right lung. So what do you think about this small dot, Colleen? Very mysterious. Could have been mistaken for a mole. Is that the twist in some other case? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. Oh. Uh, I okay. like with this small dot. I feel like we got so many red herrings um, up to this point. What with uh, the daughter-in-law being or used to be a nurse and. Uh, Actually, well, it's later on and didn't happen yet, but there's like a sewing kit that gets involved or is brought into the story. So there's a lot here that's, uh, I feel like, is a red herring around this dot. So Kogoro tells his daughter to call an ambulance and Inspector Megary. If we don't rush her to the hospital soon, her life will be in danger, says Conan. And Kogoro tells everybody to stay in the room and to not touch the glass door. Karu then asks who he is to be ordering everybody around, and that's when he finally introduces himself as the famous sleeping Kagura. Everybody's like, oh my god, the famous detective, wow. Yeah, and the murderer is probably like, oh damn it. He's quite famous at this point. Yeah. Megury arrives and is briefed by Kagura on what happened, and says that the weapon was likely an ice pick or knife. An ice pick could have pierced her lung, and is particularly dangerous. Megary asks if he knows who is responsible, and he says that the criminal might be an outsider due to the open door. Megary asks who t- last touched the door, and Conan says it was Hiroaki, although it was the victim that came through it. He just shut the door for her. 
So at this point, who are you suspecting? Oh, uh, I was going for... Oh, gosh. I think at this point it was... Um, I was looking at the daughter-in-law. Because I thought... So like, was I, I. I. I sort of took the bait. Like, okay, she's a nurse. This is kind of going in the syringe direction. So I thought it was her. Yep, I, I had the same exact idea. So we were both fooled there. The police get his fingerprints and later on learn that the back door was also unlocked. Kagura believes that the killer snuck in through the back to rig the circuit breaker. They then waited in they then waited for the blackout to occur while sitting outside, and then snuck inside and stabbed the teacher. Ken points out that it was dark at the time and asks how the criminal would know where she was, considering she wasn't wearing anything bright. Kagura theorizes that the culprit was wearing infrared goggles, but Conan dismisses the theory. I like this idea that she's wearing goggles, like she comes in as like Sam Fisher to commit this murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's uh, like the goggles are kind of like how where would you hide those necessarily? I don't know. It just it, and I love Conan's uh, sort of his thought process here. It's like uh, they're not really easy to come by, you know. <laughs> And I love that Kegra is always, like, thinking that it must be an, a person from outside, when not a single one of these cases <laughs> have had an outside person. Yeah. No, it just seems to be the easiest thing. Like, well, it's a stranger that we'll never catch. Imagine how bad, like, the crime success rate would be of, like, apprehending criminals if, like, Conan wasn't there. It would just skyrocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, he wouldn't be... Kogra wouldn't be famous, that's for sure. Conan says that since there aren't any footprints, he doubts it was an outsider. He also overhears the police saying that the culprit might have worn gloves, as there is nobody else's fingerprints on the door. Kagi says that what's strange is that his fingerprints on the outside handle are flawless, but the other side is smeared. Dang, that Takagi always, always has something smart to say. Does. So this all means that the criminal opened the door from the inside. So even Kogoro has to admit that the culprit is somebody from inside the house, not an outsider. And it's narrowed down to four people, Hiroaki, Karu, Kazue, and Yuko. And Ron. No, it wouldn't be Ron. Come on now. I, okay, I, I was like, come on, why are they not suspecting Ron? She was there as well. She, don't, she doesn't get a free pass just because she's Kogoro's daughter. She doesn't have a motive. Her motive was that uh, this teacher wasn't very nice to Sonico, so much so that Sonico didn't want to return. Got a point. <laughs> so Megari then gets a phone call and says that Michi died due to her punctured lung, so they're now investigating a murder. Wow. Did you, like, if you sort of took out the whole, okay, we're probably going to see a murder case, like, if you took that thought away, uh... Did you think that she was going to die? Because, I mean, sometimes we do get the attempted murder cases. I feel like somebody always has to die, so I wasn't very surprised. Okay. Because I actually, for a split second, thought that she would survive. Because I just thought, okay, well, she's still alive at the crime scene. They're taking her to the hospital. Maybe she's one of the people who actually survives, but guess not. So Conan's hint is ring, and... Then we get a little back and forth here. Conan says, next time you find out who the culprit is. And then another person says, it's the pitcher who hit a home run. I don't get it. There wasn't even a block of text <laughs> to explain whatever bad joke it was. <laughs> I was like, um, I'm, I missed the baseball segment of this episode. Yeah, there's like nothing to do with baseball. So like, <laughs> what the hell? I wonder if they used it. If that was, like, the wrong ending, it should have been something else. Yeah, it might have been. It might have just been our dub. That would make more sense, because that made none. We'll, we'll watch a baseball-related episode, and then at the end it'll say, like, oh, you're all cooked up now, or the heat just got turned up in the kitchen, or some sort of cooking pun, and then we'll know, oh, that was supposed to be the ending. Of this episode. We continue with episode 111, the Cooking Classroom Murder Case Part 2. This originally aired on August 3rd, 1998. Conan says that today's menu is a great mystery. Eat till you're full and solve the case. 
Are you going to eat till you're full, Chloe? Uh, I suppose. If I want to solve the case. I mean, this this opening, I didn't actually mind that much. Were you, like, ripping into some popcorn? You are like, oh, I'll eat till I'm full. <laughs> Not this time. Maybe it would have helped me Do you solve like popcorn? I do like popcorn. It's probably I once my- knew a... I once knew a woman who said that the smell of popcorn was disgusting, and I was very confused by her dislike of popcorn. Hmm. What, was it like the intensity of the butter that you could put on popcorn, or was like the- I don't know. I think she was just mentally unwell, so. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so you're saying only crazy people don't like popcorn. Oh, you can dislike popcorn. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's- Perfectly edible. Like I'd find you. I, I I think I'd find anybody weird if they have like a super strong opinion about popcorn, because like it's fine. Right. It's not like having the debate of whether pineapple belongs on pizza. Yeah, you know. Yeah, popcorn is supposed to be universally accepted as. Yeah, it's a, like disliking it's, pretzels or something. It's like disliking what? Pretzels. Why do you have such a strong opinion on this? Like, just very basic snack that shouldn't like have any issues with right but then you get into the whole conversation of soft pretzels or hard pretzels well soft's better obviously is it do you not do you not agree <laughs> are you a hard pretzel woman i i like pretzels of all uh firmness levels um but uh i think it depends on i've got nothing wrong with hard pretzels but i feel like a a good soft pretzel that's a premium eat yeah here's the thing i feel like a pretzel like a real soft pretzel that's a a meal whilst a hard pretzel you're only eating you know like bite-sized chunks you you have that's more of a snack Mm -hmm. in my eyes yeah no i i think that's legit so you heard it here first folks soft pretzels are considered a meal whereas hard pretzels i'm assuming smaller in size than a soft pretzel here are snack food and then you've also got yeah. pretzel sticks so that's a totally different thing that's true you know and they also have like oh no well, now we're just talking about pretzels <laughs> but anyhow uh, every time i i fly i usually try to hit up I hit, get some soft pretzels while i'm flying okay but it's usually in an airport will have auntie ann's and i like to support them Okay. Now, I don't know if the airlines that you fly with serve snacks, but do they usually serve little pretzels or little nuts? Oh or no, something? that's like at the airport. I, I'm I'm never fancy enough to get like to buy food on the airplane itself. That's a little too crazy for me. Oh yeah, but that isn't that that's complimentary though? Like you get it with the. Ticket. Yeah, unless you, you like buy, unless you're on the cheapest flight possible, like I often am. Oh, okay. See, I thought you were gonna go down the road of no, that's only for people who actually go on the airplane, Colleen. I just, you know, drive over to the airport, buy a pretzel, and leave. Well, that would be pretty cool. That might be my new, my new hobby. I was looking for something else to do. So. Oh yeah, there, there you go. Like after yeah, this whole it. like quarantine thing is over. You can yep. pick that up as I'm an airport guy. Yeah. I go eat at the airport. So beyond our pretzel talk, uh, the episode opens up as Coco <laughs> says, the key to the case is the murder weapon, which seems kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, Kogoro. Yes. You go if there's an ice pick in the kitchen and he's told where it is. They then find several of them there, and she says there should be 10 of them. However, there are only nine, so one must be the murder weapon. Megary is skeptical as there's no handle. Kana says the wound on Michi's back is way too small for it. Kegura asks Megary to inspect everybody's belongings, so he has them empty out their pockets on the table. No needle is found, but they do spot an apron, ballpoint pen, a handkerchief, and some recipes. Upon second glance, Kazue also has a ring file and a brush. Kegura then asks Yuko if she left the room after Kazue arrived, and she says that she went to the restroom. Uh, after that simple... Answer, Kegura accuses Kazue of murder and says that she stole the ice pick then. She saw Michi since her tinted sunglasses allow her to see in the dark, which I don't think that's how they work that way. <laughs> um, so he, unless it was 
translated incorrectly. I think what the like what he meant to say was that her eyes would have adjusted to dark if she was wearing the sunglasses the whole time, so she would take them off in the dark and be able to see. I think that's how it was supposed to work. Yeah, but I still don't think they tend it that much, do they? Like uh, the way you'd be able to see, I don't know. Probably maybe. not, but yeah, the way that he was describing it is like, oh, these sunglasses all of a sudden let her see in the dark, which is actually, they're actually more counterintuitive to that. She yells at him and says that she has glasses because of her old age. He then asks her why her bag wasn't in the dining room with everybody else, and she says that it's because it's more convenient. She says that she couldn't kill without a handle, and Kugger says that she could have made it herself with the brush by inserting the needle into it, which was kind of a neat thing. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was buying a lot of what Kogoro was laying down. I was like, yeah, okay, this sounds not too bad. <laughs> he then says the rings of the notebook could have hit it, and then he unclicks it to find nothing there. Aww. So it's a swing and a miss. Yeah, strike one, Kogoro. See, there is baseball in this episode. Kenner then spots the missing ice pick and says that it's propping up a nearby plant. Kairu says that her mother-in-law asked her last night if she could use something as a stand. It must have used an ice pick, so that's rolled out as a weapon. Megary then gets a phone call from the hospital and learns that the wound was 5 centimeters deep, but less than 1 millimeter in diameter. That means an ice pick or any type of metal rod wasn't the weapon. Instead, it was something like a thin needle. A lot of... A lot of Evidence we had seen eliminated in that fell swoop. Mm-hmm. And now it's our time to shine, because Kogoro's on the same sort of deduction trail as we were. Kogoro then accuses Kairu of murder. <laughs> yeah, like, he just goes one from one to one. <laughs> He's like, okay, it wasn't you. How about you? <laughs> so. How about you, and here's why. He says that she used to be a nurse and is familiar with hypodermic needles. He says that the eye patch isn't a fashion statement, but to keep her eye accustomed to darkness so she could spot Michi. Okay, I don't think it was a fashion statement to begin with. <laughs> oh, it was definitely a fashion statement. It was cool. So he says that the motive was that she was fighting with her mother-in-law, and he tells her to take off the eye patch. So she does, and she reveals a giant black eye, and she was abused by her husband. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah, she says that even after childhood, her husband hides behind his mother's back, that he struck her because she had berated his mother. She tells Megary that he's on his way to Hawaii for a business trip, and that she wishes she could see his face when he finds out that his mother's dead. It's like, damn girl, this is dark. Yeah, it almost makes you think, huh, maybe she had at least a hand no, in this? don't say it. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say that she deserved it. No, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so, didn't seem like a very healthy family chemistry right there. No, it doesn't. And for a split second, I was like, oh, well, now she's free from her, but she still has the husband to deal with. So unless yeah. she gets a divorce, like, she's still stuck with these people. Kenton doesn't buy Kegger's theory as a hypodermic needle would have left traces of blood. Karu then says that everyone here has a motive. Kazue has always hated her as she stole her boyfriend 27 years ago that she always loved. So that's why she was like, he was such a great man. Oh, swoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was talking about that guy like you talk about Takagi. <laughs> yes, I, I often stare off into the distance when I think of Takagi. Meanwhile, Michi refused to sponsor Hiraki. She had found somebody more talented, so his dream of having his own shop was dead. And then finally, Yuko had all her recipes stolen by Michi, so everybody had a I had a reason to want this woman dead because she was a pretty bad person. Including Ron. Including Ron, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still holding out that Ron was uh, should have been a uh, a suspect. So Kugura asks Hiroaki about the massages he gave her and says that he must be familiar with pressure points on a person's back. Uh, as such, he'd know where to stab her. Hiroaki says that's true, but him and Yuko had no way to see in the dark, and he's never used an acupuncture needle. Megari says acupuncture needles are too thin, and Kegura remembers that Kazue sews and finds a needle that fits the description. She then asks how she'd get the needle out, since human skin isn't that thin, and Kegura's bad deduction is proven wrong immediately. Kenner then figures something out in a way how they'd be able to pinpoint Michi in darkness, 
No wonder that person said he made a mistake back then, says Conan. So we get this little tease that Conan's figured out something before all of us. Yeah. It's always those lines that Conan throws out that makes me want to rewind and figure out what he's talking about. Because I can never remember. I'm like, what? What What did the, the person say or what did they do? And yeah, I never do go back. Conan then runs outside and shines a light on the men's room window. He then finds a contact lens case on the ground. Meanwhile, Megary has Kazue's sewing needles examined for blood, as they do fit the length. He also says they'll need to do a full body search as needles can be concealed. Kenan then reaches inside one of the food dishes and pulls some evidence out, finding the key to the case. So, I did not expect the key of the to the case to be in one of the food dishes. That was odd. No, especially since that wasn't the Conan's hint. <laughs> Oh, wait, was it the kind of set? Oh, ring. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I knew that that was going to come in at some point, but it was just like waiting for it and waiting. I'm like, okay, why is this ring so important? So Conan now knows who did it, but he doesn't have the murder weapon just yet. However, he looks at everybody's belongings and is able to determine where it is. The police come back and say that the sewing needle is clean. Takagi says that nobody had a needle on them. And Hiroaki asks if him and Yuko can be released, as neither of them could see in the dark. Meguri's about to let them go when Conan knocks out Kogoro with his watch. So we know the deduction show's coming. Yay. So who were you thinking of at this very point? Um, I think at this point... I was thinking, um, it's... What was her name? Uh, Kaoru... The old lady? Yuko. I thought it was Yuko. Oh, the innocent okay. looking one. See, I don't believe that women can be criminals, so I thought she was honest. So I was all all bored Hiroaki. I thought he was the guy because, uh, you know, only men murder. Right, right. As you've mentioned many times before. I don't you know. I'm sorry, Colleen, but I respect women. Why are you apologizing? Wow, you're just very, very sexist by accusing the innocent Yuko. Of murder, right? Right, that makes me a woman hater, obviously. I mean, you're saying it. <laughs> if the shoe fits, I'm sorry. I, I just thought, you know, there was a sliver of hope for the man, the one male suspect here. But no. Well, there ain't no hope. Again, there ain't no hope, girl. The man has to fail us all. Kikaro says that they can't leave right now since he knows who the murderer is. He says that the one who murdered Michi is Hiroaki. He was able to see her in the dark because he was wearing a shaded contact lens. Put the monomon in the restroom before class started, and that's why he mistook Ron for Yuko earlier. Remember when he apologized? That's what Conan was referring to about the uh, why he was mistaken. Yeah, I actually thought that was going to play a bigger part than it did. I thought that... Again, I don't know why I have this idea of Ron being the culprit, but that she would somehow be mistaken for it. Like, let's say if it was something um, that had to do with Yuko, like if Ron got mixed up in, in it because she looked like Yuko, but that, that never actually happened, obviously. Yeah, it was kind of just a, a small footnote, but an important one as it Comes back here. Kira says that it wouldn't be easy to get these lens in Japan as they're only given out medicinally. However, colored contacts have become popular, and especially ones worn by actors can be purchased. Use these contacts to become accustomed to the dark, and then remove them during the blackout so you could see. After opening the door, he killed Michi. So, damn. <laughs> oh, why are you have you ever have you ever worn uh, contacts? No, I haven't worn, um, like, actual contacts to help people see, nor have I worn, like, um, cosplay ones or colored ones or anything. I, I can't, um, I don't think I'd be able to put them in my eye. I have kind of sensitive eyes, and I don't like things coming too close to my eyeballs. Like, I, I think I would be too afraid to put one in. I have perfect vision, so I've never needed, uh whatever <laughs> and you've never wanted to change cool. your eye color no i have beautiful brown eyes people can just stare in them and, and admire them and i go yeah, yeah like these are my eyes 
Never mind. I was going to say something, but I don't want to say it. What? What do you say? It. No. I don't want to record it. Jeez. No respect. Come on, Colleen. Say it. <laughs> I was going to say, like two p- pools of mud. Damn. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> see, this is Well, then, it. so people look at my two pools of mud. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cut that out. <sighs> The weapon was similar to a sewing needle, and he was able to remove it with a thimble and thread. His right index finger has a ring on it. Finally, the Conan's hand brought back, and he thread the needle on it and then used his palm to strike her. It was actually, like, a pretty cool thing, what he did. Yeah. Uh, wait. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit, because I just sort of accepted it for what it was without actually visualizing it. He had the ring on, and did he tie... Uh, the needle to the ring? Like, wait a minute. His index finger? He, t- he tied it, like, around the ring. I don't know. Don't Here's the thing about Detective Conan. <laughs> don't, don't think about it too much. This is not a thinking person's anime. Nothing good comes out of that. Just accept it for what it is and move on. And that's not just about Detective Conan. That's about life. Just accept things and move on. <laughs> Great life lessons we're learning here. That's that's how I get through the day. It's like, don't question things. Cannon says that the thread used at the time has likely been burned in the gas stove's fire, but there is evidence. And that's when Cannon makes an appearance. He comes out to show that the contact lens case was found outside the window, and that he found one of the lens in the guy's mixing bowl. Takagi's able to find the other one in there. Of course like, he is. Quite the quick time. What a pro. And that's when Hiroaki is asked to explain. He goes, yeah, I wore some shitty contact lens, so what? Yeah, see? So he asks them for the murder weapon, and Kagura obliges by, and says it's in his ballpoint pen. Megari undoes the cap and finds the needle within the ink. So he's he's got caught, red inked. <laughs> I... I thought it was such a like a throwaway thing finding the murder weapon in the ballpoint pen. I mean, the guy threw away his contact lens case. Why didn't he just throw out the needle? It would have been a lot harder to find. Yeah, it's a bit silly. It really is. So here, Aki says that he thought it was cl- a clever hiding point and that he's lost the Koguro. He says that he got the lens while traveling in Europe last month. Beyond not sponsoring him, he didn't appreciate Michi stealing Yuko's recipes. That's why he decided to kill her before the party. So he tries to be like... Aww, so he like, did for love. Yeah, I don't know if you knew, but I got like you. But I did a murder and I'm getting arrested. Yeah, and Yuko's like, uh, yeah, I knew that you liked me. And I don't accept your feelings via a murder. Yeah. She says that she believed if she tried hard enough, she'd make recipes that the teacher wouldn't have to modify. And then she'd be so satisfied. So, and he robbed him out of that. Kogura says, you didn't do this out of goodwill. It was selfishness. Wow. That's brutal. Doesn't he feel like a do- like a jerk now, huh? Mm-hmm. After the ending song, Kogura learns that Ron is going to another cooking class with Sonico. It's French again, and she asks her dad, saying that the fee is 10,000 yen. And after hearing that, <laughs> Kogoro is shocked, and he starts eating the fish by him, and he says that Japanese people should eat Japanese food, indeed. And then he starts choking on a bone after oh. he scarfed him down too quickly. It was quite the funny scene. It was so good. I like these little epilogues. They really um, uh, end the episode on a light note. So, you know, Kyle's not here, but that doesn't mean we can't do my favorite game, Colleen, did you think this was an <laughs> anime original or a manga adaptation? Uh, you know, this one kind of had me uh, on the fence a little bit because um, it seems like the type of stuff that Goshoyama might try and pull with this, like, okay, let's teach you guys about contact lenses and how you can't find these types of contact lenses in Japan. Um... So I thought maybe it was a manga case, but I think my final uh, answer is that it's a anime original. 
Ah, you're right. Oh, see, yay. I thought it was a manga manga case until I looked it up and I was like, oh, damn. I'll have to ask Colleen and see if she gets it right. Because <laughs> I would have been wrong. I thought it was a manga case because I was like, it, it just seems too well thought out. Like, it, I don't know. Usually you expect like a lower quality from the anime originals, but yeah. it was a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of things that we even noted that, although I think the case as a whole was well thought out like there were these little things that you know just him throwing away his contact lenses like why like there wasn't um a clear uh reason for him to do that and um i feel i felt like there were so many red herrings um inserted into this episode that don't really go anywhere so I thought that maybe at some point, like, the guy was going to try and frame one of the other people that were associated to needles, but that never happened. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I I thought it was a good case. I really liked enjoying, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I... I, re- I really, I, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but I really love the term associated to needles. <laughs> like, it's like... Needles oh, and like associates, that? like a I, law uh, firm. I did um, put that in my notes. I'm like, okay, yeah. How how am I going to say this? The fact that needles could be associated with two other people was treated as coincidental. It's uh, straight from my notes right there. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but overall, I, I liked it. Uh, apart from sort of some of the things I was like, uh, why did that happen? Yeah, I thought it was a really solid case. Uh, I was disappointed by that little bait and switch. I wasn't really disappointed until we talked about it, but, you know, like, the fact that we thought um, Sonica was going to be there, and I was like, yeah, yeah Sonica, and then they kind of bait and switch you, and I'm like, damn it, I wanted to see her. Uh, especially, we haven't seen her in a bit. It's, we've been a couple episodes without yeah. seeing our lovely rich girl, so hopefully we see her soon. Um, but I, I dug the episode a lot. I thought I thought it went well over the two uh, parts because it's not like the episode started like real early with a deduction. There was still some like solving the crime going on um, for like the first half of that episode. Cause sometimes the two parters are kind of awkwardly done to where like the first one ends and he's almost already to solve it. So I thought it was better paced this time. And I thought it was a solid case, even if like there wasn't a lot of character. And like you said, the, all the Michi, all the stuff we find out about her is all secondhand. We don't really see a ton of her uh, before she's killed. And then this guy doesn't really have the most exciting backstory. But, you know, it's given more than, like, what we got last week. You know, where we had a very, like, guy just was killing somebody and we were like, why? And mm-hmm. it's like, no clue. So at least there was something. So that was a big step up just from an anime, anime original perspective. But I thought it was pretty good, so I enjoyed it. The next Conan's hint is Feather, so be on the lookout for that. And we see that okay. the next stage is a night school. What are they teaching you there? It's not like that. <laughs> was that supposed to be like sexual, or like where were they? Oh, yeah, going I think there? it was supposed to be dirty. Yeah. Oh. Oh, this is supposed so, yeah, to be a well, TV show for children. <laughs> We'll be covering two one-part episodes, the Seven Mysteries of Titan Elementary School case and the White Sandy Beach murder case. So, I'm hoping since it's the beach that Sonica will be in it. Because she's usually in oh, the right. beach episodes. That's true. Because she's always like, oh, I'm here to find a hot guy. Or yeah, why else would they be at the beach? Well, doesn't oh, she... No. And I'm like, what's up? What's up? I don't think she's in the case. Oh no! I went to the I, I went to the wiki and I searched Sonica and not a single thing popped up. So now the White Sandy bummer. Beach murder case is that a two parter? Okay, no, it's no, just it's one. one parter. Okay. Yeah, cool. so they're two one part episodes. So we'll cover two cases next time. Wait, it's been a while since we got to do two cases. We've been doing a lot of two parters here and split with like the Geshoriyama specials, so I'm excited to get back-to-back counting cases here. Yeah. It's especially fun when they're so um, 
distinct like we can do a, a good comparison with the two parters it's like well there was the first part of the same story and then the second part and don't get me wrong i love the two parters because i i tend to be a fan of um stories that have a little bit more time to develop uh but it is nice sometimes to be able to contrast two different stories at the same time you know and we're we're over 100 episodes in on conan right now it's interesting seeing how just the the show's kind of developed we're seeing a lot less of the one part episodes and we're seeing a whole lot more two-parters even these anime originals are starting to be two-parters so we're see- definitely seeing a change in how often they are because it used to be like oh wow we have a two-part episode here isn't that crazy <laughs> isn't that exciting and now it's like everything's yeah. a two-parter yeah and the two-parters would have like some reoccurring character like Haiji or um i don't know if there was anyone else that like a yoko kino or something although i'm not sure if yeah it was in two-parters or if that was also a one episode thing yeah. But yeah, I get what, I get what you're saying. There used to be something significant for yeah. a two-part, and now it's kind of just becoming a basic case, which is nice in of itself. And you know, there are issues, but uh, I'm doing it. Wait till we get to so the eventually... four or five parters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it just goes up on a scale. We get three parters and two point five hour specials <laughs> and all this bullshit. Yeah. Like, so ooh, we yeah. have a lot, a lot to look forward to. We'll have those two episodes next week. The Seven Mysteries of Titan Elementary School case and the White Sandy Beach Murder case. So we'll see you all next week. I appreciate everybody listening, uh, especially during the pandemic. I appreciate it. I'm glad we can deliver you some Conan action and reminisce about a great show. Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter at case underscore reopened. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're just listening to one episode like a madman out there make sure you subscribe (laughs) Um, like all you crazy popcorn haters yeah you crazy popcorn haters but if you do hate popcorn here's your punishment you have to go on to apple Podcasts or on spotify (laughs) whatever leave us a review uh and then you'll be forgiven in the lord's light so that's all you need to do (laughs) all right uh so we'll be back next week bye Bye, and remember one truth always prevails.